Emma and welcome to the Hopes and Dreams podcast. The journey to parenthood isn't always easy. For many, fertility can be one of life's greatest challenges. And in this podcast, we'll be talking to people with all different types of journeys, including stories of loss and grief, but also, and most importantly, of strength and hope. We'll talk openly about different experiences to provide you with advice, support and coping strategies and hopefully some comfort and to help you feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Hopes and Dreams podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by an old uni friend and my old housemate, Hannah. I'll give our age away here. Uh, We lived together in Leicester in the days when we didn't really have mobile phones. So uh, when watching Pop Idol, we had to go out and vote for Will Young when he was against Gareth Gates in Pop Idol via a payphone. So that's sort of how, how long Hannah and I have known each other in the sort of halcyon, sort of carefree days when we weren't really thinking about fertility at all. It was all about nights out and having having fun at uni. But now today, years on, we're going to be talking about miscarriage, which has affected both of us. And perhaps at the time when Hannah had her loss, which she's going to talk about today, she didn't really know how to deal with her loss and her grief. And definitely a few years back, people didn't talk about it as much as we do today. There's certainly been a real shift in the last few years with documentaries and celebrities talking about about their losses and it's really opened up the the chat about it. So Hannah's going to talk about that today and you know her own experience and how she sort of moved through it and I'm really happy to have you on Han and to also sort of break the concept that you've gone on to have two beautiful boys but you still never forget or get over really the baby the other baby that you lost. Yeah, thank you so much for the warm welcome and for having me. Um, I totally forgot those pop idol references. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super grateful, obviously, that we've kind of reconnected over this subject. Um, I'm grateful for anything positive that can come out of, of the sadness that we've both kind of gone through. Um, and I've listened to every single episode of your podcast. I was so looking forward to kind of listening to it and and very keen to take part because I'm very much on a mission to talk about this subject not only for my own healing but also if it can help you know just one other person feel a bit less alone then then I'm all for it so thanks for having me. No I think that's totally right it's sort of sharing your pain to help someone else because that gives you some sort of positive outlet for it which is really important and, and as you said to help people feel less alone because as we both know you can feel it can feel really sort of isolating so I know this is you know a difficult thing to talk about and I'm really thankful for you coming on to be brave and, and, and share it but can you can you talk and tell us a little bit about what happened with your when you lost your little baby yeah so I um I got married in the summer of 2013 and um, my husband and I knew that we wanted to have children but kind of thought oh we'll have a year of just enjoying being married um, and and going on holiday and we had another wedding the the year after in California that we knew we didn't want to be pregnant or have a baby at so um, we just thought well we'll have fun and then we'll start trying for a baby after a year and you know very naive and excited about that whole thing and you know speaking to all our friends about it and there are a couple of other um couples that we hung out with which who were saying the same thing and it was all just like very exciting (laughs) 
And really soon after we started trying and not falling pregnant literally straight away, I kind of just spun out. And I think it was the first time in my life I'd felt out of control. And I also think, I mean, I'd been on um, the contraceptive injection for 10 years, like pretty much my whole 20s. So I think I was also dealing with some hormones that potentially I hadn't been dealing with for a long time. So I just completely spun out and was, you know, immediately disappointed that we didn't get pregnant straight away, Um, convinced my husband to go and get his sperm checked, even though it'd been like, you know, two months of trying and that was insane, but um, just got very wrapped up in it. Um, And then my only kind of response to dealing with that could be to go the opposite way and kind of switch myself off and and ignore it and, and just kind of get on with my life. Um, to the point where roll around December of, of 2014, um, I went to the doctor to get some advice because I was experiencing extreme thirst and I was craving really salty food. And to say this now sounds so ridiculously obvious. It's, it's embarrassing, but I literally had, it just didn't click that I might be pregnant And I went to the doctor and my dad's actually diabetic. So I was like, oh, that can be a symptom of diabetes. I really need to go and get a blood test. And they kind of gave me a form um, to to kind of go and get my blood test done. And it kind of had all these tick boxes of what they would test of. And one said pregnancy. And I was like, oh, right, the penny dropped. And I went home and did a pregnancy test and it was positive. Um, And we were both really excited, my husband and I. Um, and because I'd kind of not been tracking things and just burying my head in the sand, I was actually already eight weeks pregnant. Um, so we went to the States because my husband's American. We were spending Christmas there. Um, and because I was feeling pretty rough and tired and, and also because we were getting to see family that we don't get to see very often in person, we shared the news with them. Um, we shared the news with my immediately family family as well um, and some close friends and then we had a new year's eve party that we went to back in the uk so we had to kind of tell our friends there because obviously i wasn't drinking we were excited um definitely still had that 12 week scan in mind as like a a safety measure that we wanted to reach and we weren't telling everybody but um i, I you know i'd say i didn't really have any reason to to worry Um, We went to the 12-week scan, saw the baby, heard the heartbeat, um, everything seemed fine, Um, but they said they felt like it was more of a, they felt like I was at 10 weeks at that point, Um, and I didn't really, this didn't really concern me because, as I said, I haven't really had like regular cycles or been tracking how long my, my cycle was, so I just figured, oh, I got the dates wrong, it didn't really kind of worry me too much I just felt okay we've got another week and a half to wait until we're past that kind of safety point um so 10 days went by I went back to the exact same um clinic exact same thing lay down had the scan same picture but no heartbeat um and the the lady who was doing the scan just you know went a bit quiet and then said I'm really sorry. I can't detect a heartbeat. I'm going to go and get somebody else to come in and just just double check for me. 
and from that point really our I mean the floor just fell out of the room like we my husband and I just burst into tears um we just were absolutely blown away completely shocked devastated um didn't know what what to do with ourselves um and the the staff at the center were very kind they kind of you know sat and and said they were sorry and um started to talk through our options with us um and we I think we went home and thought about it for an hour but we both felt fairly quickly that we wanted to go for the option of um an operation um just to kind of get through that process as quickly as possible and then move on to kind of trying to figure out what to do next um we were both definitely still shocked but it felt like that was the easier next step of of the options we had so this was on the Friday afternoon we went to the hospital first thing Saturday morning um I was given tablets to take quite early that morning, I believe. And kind of as soon as I got to the hospital, I could feel that I'd started bleeding. Um, went in for the operation. I think from there, things were slightly harder for my husband that day because I was obviously kind of in and out of consciousness and a bit woozy from the drugs, whereas he was kind of sitting by my side worried about me. Um, went home, spent that weekend lying on the sofa bed together, crying, eating pizza and ice cream, drinking a bit of red wine, booked a holiday to the Caribbean, just kind of, I don't know, trying to process it, but also think about how we could start to look forward. And then I went back to work on the Monday. So I don't know, it was all a bit of a whirlwind completely unexpected and absolutely devastating really I know being uh, so awful being in that room and in hearing those words and I think when you haven't had a loss before this your first time you're just completely like what like you you might your your head has to take quite a while to sort of catch up and process what's happening it's almost like you're sort of looking in on yourself and it happening and you don't it doesn't feel real and you know, you were doing all those things as a probably booking a holiday and stuff as a sort of reaction to just trying to do something to take your to take your mind off it or, or do normal things to plan to work through it. But actually crazy that you went back to work on Monday, two days after you had the, you know, the, the procedure done. Yeah, it's completely crazy when I think of it now. Um, but, but when you're in it, it just seems like you're just, oh, okay, um, and, and, and what support did you get? And did you, could you talk about it at all with people? Did you tell work? So that weekend, it very much felt like we were in our own little bubble, which was nice. Um, my parents actually happened to be away on a holiday. Um, so we had kind of messaged them and told them, but, but hadn't seen them or been able to speak to them. Um, and I messaged you know, my close friends who, who had known that we were pregnant. And uh, some of my girlfriends came over on that Sunday evening, very sweetly. And my husband went out with the, with the other half, the kind of guys to the pub. But 
I, and I wanted to talk to them about it and sit there and cry and and just talk about the miscarriage whereas I think from their point of view they were coming around to kind of take my mind off it and and cheer me up so I found that whole evening actually really frustrating I didn't get what I needed out of it and I didn't know how to ask for what I needed and and no blame on them that they didn't know what to give me either um but I didn't really have anyone who had been through it to talk to so I felt completely lost and I don't I don't remember any kind of counseling or support being offered by um the hospital either so no I felt completely lost and how did that leave you feeling that evening um again as you said it's not it's not to blame your friends for because people often don't know what to say especially if they haven't been through it themselves it's just to try and just avoid the subject or maybe wait for you to say and as you said you didn't feel comfortable asking for help or saying I you know I want to talk about this because you didn't know you maybe didn't know how to what effect did it have on you did it did you feel lonely in your sort of sadness with this yeah definitely I think um my my go-to when I feel sad is actually to turn it into anger because that feels easier somehow feels a bit safer for me so I think I was angry about lots of things I was angry at myself that I'd allowed it to happen uh, so to speak I was angry at my body that you know one minute I was pregnant and everything was fine the next it wasn't but my body hadn't told me that um I was furious about that I felt like I couldn't trust my body anymore and I had this weird I don't know I was torn between being so confused that I still had you know bigger boobs and a bigger tummy and but also like I remember crying on the phone to my best friend saying I don't want to lose my tummy like I don't want to watch my tummy now slowly get flatter because I I want to still be pregnant like it was just really confusing and you know I think the other hard thing was my husband was just not really not really experiencing the same feelings as me or he wasn't able to talk about it in the same way so you know weeks and months after when I was still kind of bursting into floods of tears whenever I thought about it he was just completely shocked and like oh oh, what are you upset about what's happened and I was like uh I'm still upset about the miscarriage and just this kind of complete disconnect just again left me feeling completely alone and I I think what's hard with that is I felt a bit crazy because I was deeply upset but I didn't feel like I should be because you know because of the the medical staff's reaction of right of like it's one in three and it's your it's your first pregnancy you'll be fine and no one around me really understanding how upset I was I thought I must be losing my mind like because no one else was really verifying my feelings I guess And I think that validation of your feelings is really important. That's why it's good to talk to other people because it makes you realise you're not going mad and that those feelings that you have are completely normal. You've lost something that you really, really wanted and that you loved from the moment you saw 
pregnancy test. Um, and I, t- and I also get that what you were saying about feeling a disconnect with your husband, because you're obviously both sad, but you're dealing with it in different ways. And I, that's something I've definitely experienced too, even now. And whereas I, I, my husband desperately wants to move on, but I just can't, I just feel so sad still about our losses and what we've been through. And actually, even last week, we finally watched the Mylene documentary and I really want the Mylene Class documentary and I really wanted to watch it with him because she articulated so well how I was feeling and I could I could express how I was feeling through mm-hmm. her. So he watched it and then he also thought about what her you know her partner said and that was how he felt but seeing what she said it really rang you know true and I think it helped a lot to show him how I was feeling through through what she said um and I think that kind of even gave a bit of validation of how I was feeling and it, it, it is tough because I think your partner your husband they want to protect you and they want you to be okay and and as you said, um, when your husband was sat in the room, he, when you were having the operation, he just wanted to look after you and for you to be okay. So they're worrying about that as well as the baby. And and I think it's hard for them to process how they feel as much as we do as women because it's our hormones as well. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe because they have got that focus of they have to witness us going through it and worry about us. They can, yeah, as you say, they can almost focus on that rather than potentially how they're feeling or yeah as you say maybe they're not as connected because you know the baby wasn't in their body they they hadn't already started to make changes to their life around this baby their body hadn't changed um it is a different experience and it does uh, yeah it made it really hard for me like I remember um fairly soon after the miscarriage we went to a dinner party with some friends and one of our kind of close friends they had got pregnant very soon after us and she you know very thoughtfully called me before to to tell me on the phone and kind of give me a heads up and um we went to the dinner party and everyone was reacting to the news super happy super bubbly no one kind of acknowledged um what we had been through and again I totally understand why like it's someone's birthday dinner party no one wants to kind of bring up sad things um and it wasn't until the end that somebody did come up to me and who'd had a miscarriage and kind of said I'm so sorry and I almost lost it and then we left and I literally broke down in the car on the way home and still my husband was like what what are you upset about what's happened and I I think I probably just shouted like it's the baby it's still the baby it's always going to be the baby I'm upset like I just couldn't understand why we were in such different places and that's that has continued to be challenging because it's like we've got two such different experiences of it Mm. and it can make you feel like it's external you know externally it makes you feel like you're on a different page and I totally get that I, uh, Chris has held a newborn or something and I'm I'm quite moved seeing him holding a newborn because I'm thinking oh he must be thinking oh you know is is he still wanting that is it making him sad because we should and he's totally like no it's just a newborn I'm holding and I'm like what how can you how can you hold that baby not thinking anything <laughs> and 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 it's yeah it, it it's it's hard sometimes it, it makes you feel like if your husband can't understand how you feel um, in that instant, then it just make it, that makes you feel alone yeah, as well. Totally. 
And then how did you feel when trying again for, and you know, and then successfully you had your, your little boy? How did you, how was that trying again? I think they advised for us to leave it a couple of cycles, so we did. And in my typical approach to anything, which is just get on with it and <laughs> move to the next stage, um, we just got back to trying and did get pregnant fairly quickly, which was really lucky. Um, but I was extremely anxious Um throughout that pregnancy um obviously the scan was very tough um we were back at the same building we were both in floods of tears the minute we kind of walked into the room I was like astounded that I mean at this particular center when you first walk in they ask you before you've gone in the room if you want to prepay for a photo and I was like wait if you know one in three people potentially are coming out of this room um with a sad story why are you asking for for photos that is wild to me that that's a part of the the procedure and yeah we were a mess we um everything was okay at the 12 week scan and it was at my 17 week midwife appointment that I was still in floods of tears like they just did you know um they let you listen to the heartbeat but I I was just a mess and the midwife said have you told anybody about this pregnancy um and I said no and she was like you need to start telling people like this is real it's happening start spreading the news and just you know try and and find some peace and some positivity um so I told friends, I think I was 17 weeks when I told friends, I didn't tell my work until I was 20 weeks. Um, and that did help. Um, although, you know, one friend said to me, oh, it's so silly that you waited so long. And I was just like, no, it wasn't silly. It was utter terror. Like this is incredibly nerve wracking and not enjoyable at all, which I know if people don't haven't had that experience pregnancy is incredibly exciting and full of joy but that that isn't the experience for everybody and yeah I was just as well as the feelings of of nausea and tiredness just incredibly nervous which maybe in hindsight it would have been better mentally to wait longer but that's just that's how it happened I guess no and I think but I think even if you'd waited longer that anxiety wouldn't wouldn't leave you and it and it's sad because it definitely takes the shine we've talked about it in previous um, podcasts it definitely takes the shine off enjoying pregnancy which is sad because you know for some people that haven't been through it it's a very joyful happy completely happy carefree experience but when you've had a loss it it, it takes that away and and what you said about your your people just say some <laughs> really thoughtless things these sort of missiles that come in that and it's often from people or always from people that haven't been through it because they they don't understand or they don't think about what what they're saying with that and I I, as I said in previous episodes I wouldn't wish it it on anyone but I would wish the perspective Mm. for people so they understand that to perhaps think more carefully with their words um with people that have been through loss And, and and sort of interest another interesting point um that you sort of raised there is when you tell people and I know that when we when we chatted um when we were preparing for this um chat today that you were keen to sort of touch on on that point about telling people and when or when you shouldn't sort of tell people yeah I'm so 
torn on this because I have yeah opposing views within my own head really but um I'd always found not so much now but I'd always found it when people kind of shared that they were pregnant before 12 weeks for some reason it just ignited this feeling of anger in me like why are you why are you telling me that now because you might not be um I don't know I think it just did trigger those those feelings and that experience I went through and even last week I had a plumber in my house and um you know I was complaining about having my kids at half term and I said have you got any kids and he was like yeah I've got two and one on the way and I was like oh amazing when's it June he was like oh not till May we haven't reached the 12 week stage yet and I was just like immediately like why are you telling me then like but Mm. on the other hand I if I hadn't told, you know, my family and my close friends pre-12 weeks, then I wouldn't have been able to also share what had gone wrong. And I think so many miscarriages that happen, nobody talks about them. Because if you haven't shared the news, first of all, it's even harder to say that you've lost a baby. So I, I specifically remember like when we left the clinic after that scan, Every time I wrote a WhatsApp message to a different group telling them that we'd lost the baby, it helped me a bit. Like every time I burst into tears again, but it was it was one more time I was saying it and one more time I was almost processing it. So I don't know. I can understand both approaches. I can understand people wanting to just, you know, batten down the hatches and... and stay with their partner and and wait and I can understand if you want to tell people I think you've got to do whatever's good for you at the end of the day Mm, totally I agree with that and and I was interested that that also that topic also came up in the in Mylene's documentary about the 12-week thing and that why don't people feel that they can talk about it beforehand and they should because as the second point you said there that if you do you know if you do tell people because that's actually and things do go wrong that's actually when you need people so it's good for them to know to support you but it's sort of triggered it's sort of um drummed into us that we shouldn't say anything before 12 weeks and as you said that makes it more difficult and then if you don't tell anyone then it's sort of you saying oh I was pregnant, but I'm not anymore, which is really sad thing. So to announce that you were, but then you're not. Yeah, and I maybe it also adds to that feeling of well, it, it doesn't count. So I've got no right to be upset. Like you know, if if we did tell people from the minute we had the test, then it wouldn't just feel like a baby to us. It would feel like a baby to everyone. But as it is, that feeling of well, it wasn't really. It was pre twelve weeks, like it may also add to that feeling of I haven't really got a reason to grieve and of course mm. you have because it's yeah yeah you do whatever whatever gestation yeah. period it's a baby that you really loved and wanted yeah. and I remember sat in hospital after my first one um really out of it on drugs and just messaging everyone that knew mm. because I was like I have to tell everyone now to get it over with because I can't I don't I didn't want to risk anyone messaging me to say how are you doing or whatever and me have to go so I think, like you said, it was really sad and I cried doing every single message, but I just wanted to let people know so that I didn't have to have that conversation again mm. and just let everyone sort of know. And and how has the way you've coped with it before, you know, you, you said you went straight back to work, you tried to just get on with things and, and move forward. 
um, to how you deal with it now? Um, it never leaves you, does it? And have you sort of, are you still processing it now? Yeah, massively. I think I'm, you know, over the last probably two years, I'm just starting to realise how much more there is to process. And I think at the time, I didn't really do much at all. Um, I didn't really have anyone to talk to and really any kind of outlet for or understanding of what was going on. Um, so I think actually I suppressed it for years. Um and I've become more conscious of it over the last two years because I'm doing some counselling and it's come up way more than I expected it to. Um, and there's still so many feelings of guilt and shame and, you know, loss that are there. So I'm trying now to lean into it a bit more and actually kind of proactively sit in it, sit in the grief and, and process it. So, um you know, that, I mean, that's why your podcast has been such a gift, because um, it's been a big part of that. I've tried to, and I've actually found inspiration from some of your previous guests. So trying to mark um, the first baby with little things like I have a locket that I wear that has my um, initials of my sons and my husband. And I've since added like a little pink round gemstone, which for me looks like a little egg. Um, I've put up a picture of my three baby scans um although I haven't yet found a way to talk to the boys about who the third one is I've just kind of said um there's two of you and one of you <laughs> but I will at some point um and I I don't know I'm I'm finding other ways so I'd heard about this uh amazing Netflix film called Pieces of a Woman which uh, isn't about miscarriage, but it's about um, a woman losing her baby quite soon after giving birth. And I really wanted to watch it because I'd heard amazing things about it, particularly from, you know, people that that talk a lot around um, baby loss. And I just thought I should avoid it. And then one night when my husband was out, I just sat down with a whiskey and watched it and just, you know, spent the evening in floods of tears which felt kind of good um but it also it also kind of raised something that I hadn't thought about before because the woman I mean she's based in America but she is given the remains of her baby and then she can choose to you know what she wants to do with that and I wasn't offered anything from from the hospital when I had my miscarriage so I ended up getting back in touch with the hospital and asking them if there was anything um and they called back and said there wasn't they have now been offering it but only for the past year which to me seems absolutely insane um but I'm yeah I'm investigating and kind of thinking about other things I can do to honour that baby, to acknowledge my grief, to continue to process it really as time goes on. I don't think that work is going to finish. It doesn't feel any less painful all these years on. So I just want to kind of let it be a part of me and work through it, I suppose. And it's lovely all those things you talk about, like the locket and things like that. That's important to me because it, it as well and it because it's having something that reminds you a legacy for your baby because they mattered 
And so having those little tokens or things that can remind you of that is comforting. Uh, I totally, totally understand that. And then, and also what you're saying around, there's so much more awareness about mm. it now and which helps in sort of validating, you know, that it's okay to feel sad because it's shit. And you, and as you said, it you never get over it and you've got two beautiful little boys, but that doesn't mean you don't miss the baby that you were meant to have as well. Like it's okay to feel sad about that. And I hate it when people say, oh, but at least you've got, at least you've got one or at least you've got your two. But yeah, but when, when your father or mother pass away, no one says to you, oh, well, at least you've still got your mum or your dad or, you know, it's just, it's, you know, you don't get over it and you don't have to. And if you did, if, you know, you, you, I guess you kind of become at peace with it, but you never, you never get over it because you wouldn't really want to, because then it's sort of, then you wouldn't care and you do care. You'll always care. And I think it's lovely that you've done those things to remember the little Bob and, and, and have that to remember them with, with your boys as well. Yeah, I think liking it to the loss of any other family member is absolutely spot on. And I think there's no way I understood that pre-experiencing a miscarriage. And I wouldn't expect people who haven't too. But that is definitely, definitely how it feels. It is, you have lost a family member. And it's so, it, it didn't make sense to me then which I think, again, was part of the reason why I couldn't really get my head around how extreme my emotions were. Because I was like, well, I've only known I'm pregnant for three weeks. So, but it was, it, and it, it is exactly the same as losing any loved one. And that, of course, that doesn't leave you. It's, it's always, always going to be with you. It's always going to be sad. Um, and absolutely, you don't want to forget it. No, and it and it changes you as a person, and it's about how you sort of move through that. But it definitely changes you as a person, mm. and it's part of your story forever. And I think that's another thing. So I keep talking about the Mylene Class documentary, but it's so fresh in my mind because I've watched it recently, and I just sort of connected with it so much that she says, you know, the same that you've you've got three baby scans up, your angel and your two boys. You're a mother of three. And Mylene says, you know, she's got three children, but she's a mother of seven. I'm a mother of seven, mm. <laughs> too. And, you know, just because we're lucky and we went on to have rainbows and doesn't mean you can't feel sad about what, you, what you've lost. Yeah, 100%. And I haven't watched that documentary yet, but I, I'm going to. I'm very much like, I need to schedule a time when I can deal with my emotions. When can I fit that in my schedule? Because <laughs> I just can't, I can't cope with it otherwise. But... <clears throat> No, I'm absolutely gonna watch it. I think I think it's a case of yeah, exactly finding that space to watch it because you know it's gonna make you yeah. sad because you can you know when she cries you're like yeah that's I know exactly how she's feeling in that sense and I found it really um very emotional but very comforting at, at, at the same time and um yeah it's it's definitely worth watching to anyone that hasn't yet um. And, but, you know, it's just like saying that, that you, you've got your boys, but it's, you know, you're st as you say, these years later, you're still working through that pain and, and, and that grief and, and doing things like having counselling to sort of sit, sit with that grief and it, you know, be manageable, but it, it's there and, and finding a way through it. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think, yeah, it's not kind of, 
anything that I want to stop doing it's <clears throat> so important to me and as as you say like it changes you a hundred percent I am a different person um and it makes me someone reminded me of this the other day because I first met them I was actually working with them when I had the miscarriage so I first met them just before it happened and that that really hit me that I was I was a very different much more kind of carefree fun loving person I don't think I've ever gone anywhere near back to who that person is which is fine I'm you know and also I'm a parent and and all those other things but um it's it's definitely part of who I am and it's shaped me and it won't leave me for sure that's what Chris says to me my husband said to me he's like I just want my happy carefree wife back I think that's part of the thing worry about trying again but that makes me sad because I'd like to be that person (laughs) again too but there's something that it just it won't like you say it won't ever leave me so I'm I'm trying to you know not be my former self because as you said I don't know if I'll ever get back to that because it's changed me um more than yeah than I than I realized but um yeah it's just it's just sad that it has that effect on you and, and creates anxiety in different parts of your life that not linked with this but it's just part of your character mm-hmm. because you've had these experiences and, and and finally, is there any other advice or things that have helped you manage your grief and how you felt, things you'd wish you'd known when it happened or that you could maybe go back and tell your former self when you, when you were going through it at the time? Um, I think the most important thing is just to say that it matters. It matters. It doesn't matter how many weeks or anything like that. It matters. So... you know if this is something that you've gone through just please give yourself the time and care and love and allow yourself to be absolutely devastated because that's totally normal um and I think finding support which which there is so much more out there now hopefully um just being able to hear other people's stories when they've gone through something similar to you is just a massive help and I've had the absolute privilege of being able to help two friends through a similar experience because they came to me because they had known what I'd been through and I honestly that has been the biggest gift and you know obviously the only positive thing that's come out of it but a huge positive find support find people who've been through similar and then when you're ready, try and find ways to process it, I suppose. But don't rush yourself. Give yourself that time. Um, find some ideas from, from all the other brilliant um, people that have talked on this podcast of how you potentially could, you know, honour that baby, honour the loss um, and, and find some peace that way. Totally. And I think that's... Um that's the perfect place to sort of end our chat and I just thank you again so much Hannah for coming on and it's it's sad that we've been reconnected for the reasons that we have in terms of our journey but it's um been a real comfort to chat to you um about it over the years and months and and have you on today to talk about it and talk so um, beautifully about your baby and how you've how it never leaves you and how you know you need to look after yourself and keep 
keep going through those counselling or, or any other methods to try and help help work through it even after a long time. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I'm yeah, I welcome any opportunity to kind of talk about this, even if it's, you know, gonna help just one other person. And what you're doing with this podcast is just incredible. Um I don't I it's strange to say I look forward to every episode, but I do because the stories are always so beautiful and I so appreciate everybody that has shared and every single one has been a healing process to listen to so thank you for everything that you're doing thank you lovely and I hope I get to see you in real life soon so I can give you a hug and I'm sure that your story will help the listeners you know listening into this as well so thank you for being part of this sort of series and um, podcast and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the Hopes and Dreams podcast. I hope you found it useful and indeed hopeful. Please do leave a review and subscribe and do let us know what you'd like for future episodes. And remember that we're on Instagram and Twitter, the Hopes and Dreams podcast. And we'll see you next time.